of Big in Japan. I'm Justin, and I'll be your host for this episode. And joining me are three of my fellow fan holes. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. Hey, it's Mike. Hey, it's Tony. My knuckles are so hairy. And if you were able to deduce what we're watching from Tony's little clue, then good job. Like, you you get uh, a million, uh, like, Zenny or whatever they're using in Lupin World. Uh, for this episode, we will be discussing the fourth Lupin the Third animated series. This series, actually, I thought this was interesting. This series actually premiered first in Italy, and then it premiered in Japan. I guess that has a lot to do with this series actually taking place in Italy for the most part. So I thought that was kind of a uh, kind of interesting, but for the most part. We'll be discussing the very first episode of this. I've I've seen the first two episodes myself. Uh, I'm kind of curious what the rest of you think of this uh, show because I know I know Derek and Tony are pretty big fans of Lupin. Uh, what about you, Mike? Are you are you a longtime Lupin fan? I the first time I ever watched it was when it was showing on Adult Swim like years and years ago, and uh, I mean I liked it. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it or anything, but it's not anything like I like dislike like i i i really like that original dub like i think it has a lot of personality i remember when it first aired like everyone was kind of really praising that dub because was it was it fun it wasn't funimation who did that first dub was it it was no um, no it's it's technically it's like jenny on or pioneer like yeah. that's what i always think of when because those those dvds that i went and hunted down that have all those dubs on them it was it was Pioneer, and then they eventually became yeah. like Genion or whatever. But they're all they're all like LA based voice actors because like you know you've got you know Wendy Lee and you know. I I just remember like people like you know during that time era like criticizing like the Dragon Ball Z dub and like comparing it to like dubs like you know Lupin the Third where they're like this is like a good dub like this is you know faithful to the original it's got you know you know the original music and all that and i just remember stuff like that so 
But uh, I, I mean, I've never been a huge fan of Lupin, like in general, though. I mean, it, it's a fun diversion, but like, I don't, I, I don't know if I'd ever follow a series. It's kind of, I guess, like episodic to me. Like, this is, <laughs> I, I'm not by any means familiar with it. But is there ever any kind of overarching story arc? Like there, there can be. Like in in this, I think it's interesting because I I see what you're saying like how like a lot of the episodes could be perceived as one-off episodes but even in this episode that we're probably going to get into specifics on tonight like i thought maybe it was just going to be a one-off episode but certain characters that are introduced in this episode they return later in the series so it's not like it's completely you know one-off or throwaway or anything like that yeah I, I know my first uh, introduction to the Lupin universe was uh, the Castle of Cogliostro, which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was done by Studio Ghibli, right? That's correct. Yeah. Um, it, it came out uh, like late 90s as far as DVD. It came out way before then. It was, it was like one of the earlier works. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was really fun. And um, then Toonami started airing. Uh, Lupin, and I didn't watch all of it because Toonami was really bad about their their scheduling at that time, and it was like, tune in this week, and then tune in Tuesday, then tune in Sunday at 4 o'clock in the morning to see the finale, and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. But uh, I still enjoyed it. Uh, Lupin is is a very fun character. He's just... um, Even Mike was having trouble nailing down all his characteristics. He's kind of goofy, but he's also kind of suave. He's incredibly lucky, but also kind of a klutz in some ways. It, he's just all these weird things. He's just this thief, and he's just Lupin. I mean, um, but as far as this uh, episode, you know, before we get into it, I, I'll say I enjoyed it. I, th- I thought it was a really good opener. It was like it, it was one of those things where the first episode kind of sets the tone for the series, and if this is how the series is going to be this time around, yeah, I think I'd enjoy watching it. The, the first uh, episode was really fun, and uh, as Derek said, you're introduced to some new characters who uh, – you know, I could tell by the way they were hinted at that they were going to show up again. Yeah, the one of the things I really like about Lupin is whenever there's a new series or a new film, I'm always interested in how the characters are going to be portrayed because sometimes, sometimes they're very uh, goofy and in you know the series or the movie or OVA or whatever, it'll be played mostly for laughs with some adventure, and sometimes you'll get a series or a film, or an OVA that is pretty realistic and, you know, very uh, mature. And I'm always kind of interested. I'm like, is this going to be, like, a, a fun, goofy, silly, or is this going to be kind of a more, like, uh, I guess, like a hard, hard-boiled, like, kind of, like, uh, action-adventure type thing? It's interesting, because it seemed like the director's goal was to sort of reconcile all those interpretations and kind of give you the best of all worlds in this series. And I mean, I know you said you watched the first two episodes. I've seen about eight episodes of this so far, and it's it's not a huge time commitment. It's a 24-episode series, so it's not like it's going to, you know, infringe. It's not like it's uh, One Piece levels or whatever, you know, where you're like, like you've got, you know, hundreds of episodes to watch. But I mean, without, you know, getting into too much of my specific thoughts, I mean, I I think 
that that goal was successful. Like, I feel like this is, this is an episode that I liked and what I've seen of this series was enjoyable because I, I think the last thing that I watched in great detail and I, I went and bought the Blu-rays for was the Fujiko series. And like, I wasn't, it's interesting because the animation on both of those uh, is of high quality and it also seems to try its best to capture the original monkey punch manga like that kind of grit to it you know like i know i know in some sense like in some of the earlier series it's like the character designs might have been a little more cartoonish and a little more comical and in these series i think it retains some of that grit from the original manga but I was looking forward to the Fujiko one because I saw, like, the trailers and the way everything looked. But, like, the story just didn't really do it for me. Whereas, I think in this series, like, the the Blue Jacket series, which is what I guess they're calling it, you know, like, that, it seemed to me to have that kind of fun to it and, and, you know, still have that kind of outlandish kind of craziness that goes on in a Lupin series, but also sort of have still kind of a little bit of the grit and grounded edges to it as well. So, I mean, I think, I think the balance worked and I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I like the, uh, the, the woman called Fujiko series, but it's, it's really weird and bizarre. Like I, I, I feel like we should have talked about that for blue cupcake months because like when I think of blue cupcake <laughs> stuff, I think of that cause you got like weird, like cultist people wearing owl heads and all kinds of like wacky stuff going on. And then you'll have like some kind of loop on adventure, and then more owlhead people like doing weird mind control programming stuff. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, it's kind of like like my expectation for that was like, yeah, Fujiko, she's gonna get naked and like hang out with dudes and like rip them off, and it's gonna be all sultry and whatever. And what we kind of got was kind of like what you're talking about, all this weird intrigue, and Fujiko isn't really Fujiko, and she's someone else, and like just all this kind of you know, what, what is this? And like, I, I just, I wasn't, I, I wasn't as, as sort of impressed with that other than maybe the, the animation itself. But I think, I think this series, the, you know, part four or, you know, blue jacket, you know, I, so far I've, e- even if, I mean, I guess if one-offs aren't your thing, I mean, there certainly are, you know, one-off episodes and stuff like that, but I mean, I, I still think it's it's of a decent quality, and I found myself enjoying the episodes I watched. And then the, the other thing that I mentioned to all the guys tonight, which I am kind of excited about, and I guess it brings it back to a point that Mike made, which I thought was interesting. He said that a lot of people were comparing the old dub from Genion or Pioneer, you know, with other dubs at the time and sort of praising it for being faithful. I, I One, I think that's kind of interesting because I always thought of Lupin as the show that kind of took a lot of chances and made itself a little different from the original Japanese language, like where they'd have like modern basketball references in the middle of a anime that's like from the 70s. But then when it was released in like 2002, they'd make some comment about you know something modern and they just insert it in there and i always thought that was kind of cool because it made it a little different from other you know whether it was from the original language you know in the japanese language or just made it different from other dubs at the time and i really did like that and i guess i'm just leading into that you know apparently in 2017 probably by the time you're listening to this like there is going to be a release from Discotech of this entire series, and it's going to be dubbed, 
the majority of the cast is returning with the exception of Zenigata. So like, that's something I was like really excited about as well. I guess we should go ahead and get into the discussion of this episode. Episode one of this series is called The Marriage of Lupin III, and it has an original Italian air date of August 30th, 2015, and the Japanese air date was October the 1st, 2015. And basically, the, the episode opens with Inspector Zenigata arrives at San Marino. He's received a wedding invitation. Lupin III... Legasp is getting married, and he, of course, totally doesn't buy it. He believes, much like Hercule in Dragon Ball Z, it's a trick. It has to be a trick. <laughs> he just totally cannot <laughs> believe the great Lupin III would get married. And we see the wedding uh, procession. We see, of course, Jigen, Goemon, and Fujiko. They're there. They're pretty much uh, of the same mindset. They don't believe it either. Then he got a bus in. He tries to stop the marriage. And because the woman Lupin is getting married to, her name is Rebecca Rossellini, uh, she's a royal. Her guards stop Zenigata. Zenigata is thrown into the basement. He's locked up. And then some hijinks ensue, of course. They receive word that the royal crown is going to be stolen. Of course, Zenigata tells them, you know, like, you fools, you should have listened to me. I told you, like, this is Lupin's plan. And there are more hijinks, like, the, the crown is stolen. They think it's Lupin. It's not Lupin. Fujiko gets the crown. And in the end, we find that the really for real thief is Lupin's wife, Rebecca. And at the very end, you know, Lupin kind of berates her for stealing his name, and he, and she's like, well, I didn't steal your name. We're married now, so it's totally cool that I, like, you know, did that. And, of course, she's, like, a, a rich girl. She's a thrill seeker. She basically stole the crown for giggles and kicks. And at the end, she leaves, and Lupin is kind of like, oh, wait, I didn't get her to, to sign the divorce papers. And that's basically the episode. But uh, I'll just open it up to you guys. Like, what, what did you guys think of this first episode? I liked it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I think that this, uh, you know, unlike the, the Fujiko Mine anime that we were talking about that I kind of had some reservations about, like, this seemed to me to kind of embroil all the classic tropes and elements of, of like a Lupin type story, you know, people in disguise, people kind of doing the double crosses, like extravagant plots and contrivances that are going on, these long-term, you know, Xanatos gambits within 20-minute <laughs> episodes, you know, of like all these kind of twists and turns and everything. So like, I, I enjoyed it. The The other thing is my, my first impression of it, and I'm probably not the only person in the world who made this comparison, but I was like, Rebecca Rossellini, uh, like, I was totally like, this is totally like, what if Lupin, like, got married to Paris Hilton, and she was, like, this cool, thief, extravagant, you know, spy lady or whatever. So I was like, well, you know, like, I, I think even in, in some things that I looked at when, when I was looking up people's thoughts on this, you know, people are kind of like, so Lupin Third married Paris Hilton? Like, what? <laughs> you know, and I, like, that's kind of, that's kind of what my original thought was, even when I first saw that episode before I had read any kind of 
you know, feedback or anything like that. Um, you know, the, the series continues on and goes a little further. I know, I know there's like a teaser at the end with a, another character and not to spoil too far ahead, but like, I, I kind of made the same connection with maybe Daniel Craig as James Bond with that character. Like, it's not exactly the same, but like, he just gives me that vibe and it's almost like, well, what if Lupin met like modern day Daniel Craig James Bond, you know, and it's like, oh, so we got Paris Hilton, we got Daniel Craig, like, it's like they're, they're encountering like this kind of laundry list of sort of impressive and famous, you know, fictional slash celebrity type characters in the midst of all this, you know, thieving and capers and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I did really enjoy it. And again, like, I can't say enough how much I think the animation really captures kind of the grit and feel of the, the monkey punch manga too, which I think is something, it's not discouraging, like some of the previous Lupin films or OVAs or TV series or anything. Like, I, I like all of those, each in their own way. But I think it, it seems like lately a lot of anime has gone out of its way to either, you know, go back to the source material and, and stop telling, like, filler stories or what have you. And in this sense, like, I don't know if it's so much that they're not necessarily, you know, trying to stop telling filler, but just the visual look of it. You know, like Tony mentioned the whole, you know, hairy knuckles thing. And it's not like there aren't hairy knuckles in other Lupin the Third anime, but like in this, it just feels like it's just that much more kind of scratchy and gritty and edgy and stuff like that. And I sort of appreciate that attention to detail as well. So that's, that's kind of my first impressions. What about you, um, Tony? Yeah. Uh, I, it's been a while since I watched Lupin, um, obviously because there hasn't been a Lupin for a, for a, for a good long time. Uh, like Derek said, there's been a couple specials and stuff, but there hasn't been like an actual uh, series for like, gosh, almost 30 years. This was good. It was really good. Um, I can't speak enough about the animation. Everything is it is very fluid, but it still kind of maintains some of that slapsticky quality, which is really cool. It was really nice how, how they were able to pull that off. Uh, the character designs are great. Uh, Fujiko, Gomon, you know, uh, Jigen, uh, Lupin, they all look good. Uh, Zinigata looks great. He, he's always angry, always on the on the chase, and <clears throat> just <laughs> so angry. I, I would say the story, like Derek said, is, is what you want. You want something that's going to have some twists and turns. And after you watch the episode, you're like, ah, I should have seen that coming. But when you're watching it, it actually does kind of, you know, does like, you know, ha, fool, do. You know, it, it gets you, you know. And as far as uh, how I, I felt about it, 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 it was like kind of like that right kind of nostalgia because, you know, you'll see something from back in the day and be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, I don't know if it's going to be as good this time around, you know, like maybe maybe that source material wasn't that great. And then when it turns out to be really good, it it makes you feel good. You're like, oh, OK, so I did watch something that was good back then. And it's not just like nostalgia. There can be something done with it in today's uh style i mean and don't get me wrong this is totally like lupon style it's it's as derek said it, it does remind you of the the manga it's done with like modern techniques you know like the opening is awesome it's like you know got some uh computer generated imagery and stuff uh with like the transfers and the the wipes and everything and yeah it's just like you know how you would want something to be done as in like not a not even as an update but something you liked when you were like you know younger 
just done in a, in a modern style, but with respect to how it was done, just to make it better. Basically improving it, yeah, which I think I think they did. I think they did a good job of improving the art and, uh, you know, giving you a more polished package, if that if that makes sense. And what about you, Mike? I, I thought of you, like, in the scene where Rebecca and Lupin are, like, zipping around in the little cable lines. It kind of reminded me of, like, Spider-Man. So, I, like, I thought of you in that scene. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of laughing at that. I was like, holy crap, like... I, I understand the physics of Lupin are different, but I was like, man, their um, their arms must be super strong, like not to get wrenched out of their sockets. You know, when Lupin like almost falls off that cliff or whatever. But um, no, I mean, I almost feel like I'm like the physics of Lupin make no sense. <laughs> but no, no, I, I know, I know it's always been kind of very loose like that. So I mean, obviously they like skydive from an airplane and land in another airplane and then jump <laughs> off. Yeah, no, I, I really like it. Really captured, you know, what I remembered about the series, and you know, uh, I, I, I just really, in, it was a fun time watching it, and. I mean, I don't know. It's not really, like I said, it's not really my kind of anime, but, like, I, I I appreciated what was clearly, like, a loving, like, homage to, like, the original stuff and, like, a modern updating of it, basically. And, yeah, the animation was really gorgeous. Like, not, like not, it was, like, a super detail. Like, I could definitely tell it was taken from some, like, original source, like the manga or something, and then made, like, super detailed, like, you know, with with the, you know, the animators and all that. So, yeah, like, I really enjoyed watching it. I wanted to ask you guys, do you, do you guys have any thoughts on Lupin's blue jacket? Because this is something that's carried over, like, uh, the the blue jacket first debuted in the film uh, Daisuke Jigen's Gravestone, which was a really good film, and kind of, like, I think it kind of, like, fills the gap between the Fujiko series and this, but like, what what do you guys think about the blue jacket? Because like, I, I don't know, like I'm, I'm a green jacket guy myself. And like, I always appreciated that little, that little bit of dialogue in Fulikuli when they're talking about like, Oh, he must like the green jacket. Like, do you guys, <laughs> what do you guys think of the blue jacket? And like, do you, do you have like a preference or is that something you like, don't even think about? I remember when it was first introduced, like when I first started seeing it, you, you do get that weird feeling of like, oh, you know, because it's like it's different from what you're used to and stuff like that. But I guess like like most of the people on this show, I mean, I did first start watching Lupin on Adult Swim. So for me, like the first Lupin I was probably introduced to was the Red Jacket. And then later, I think when I really got heavily into it and I started tracking down like English, you know, Hong Kong bootlegs of like the old, you know, Lupin the third series where it was the green jacket. That was the first time I was like, oh, he's got the green jacket and this and stuff like that. I, I will say I've kind of, it's kind of grown on me, the blue jacket. Like I kind of have almost gotten used to it. Like I, I, I think maybe that's just an aesthetic thing for me. Like I've always preferred the color blue to like red and green and especially like on clothes and stuff. So I think that's probably why. And you know, maybe it's cause like I, I've invested some money in the figure arts and he's got the blue jacket and all that good stuff. So like, I mean, in that sense, I guess it, it's definitely, definitely something that I've I've quickly acclimated myself to so you know I I might have had an initial kind of like oh this is different from from you know the other jacket series but I I think I've pretty much 
accepted it as far as that goes. Take your that. Hey, Fan Holes Podcast listeners, Derek, Derek WC here for another Fan Holes Figure That segment. This is going to be my review for the SH Figure Arts Lupin Third series of action figures. SH Figure Arts is a line of action figures designed to mimic the range of motion of the human body. The line's name is a contraction of the concepts of simple style and heroic action. They stand a little under six inches and are highly poseable, with numerous points of articulation. Lupin Third and Fujiko Mine were April 2016 releases and were originally listed on the Tamashi Japan website at the standard retail price of 5,940 yen apiece. I obtained mine around the time of release via the online retailer AmiAmi with a price of 4,450 yen apiece. The packaging for the figures is of course collector friendly and has the enveloping tray overlays that come with many figure arts. Lupin III features his look from the Blue Jacket era that starts with the film Jigen's Gravestone from June 21st, 2014. The figure comes with four heads, a standard determined grimace, a goofy big-toothed smile, a laugh-out-loud with eyes closed, and a charming one-eyed wink head. Four pairs of interchangeable hands are included, gropey hands, punchy hands, karate chop hands, and open hands, as well as two extra right hands for gripping his Walther P-38 pistol. He also includes two sets of wristwatches, one of which can serve as the base for a grappling wire accessory. Meanwhile, Fujiko Mine comes with three interchangeable expressions, a standard face, a sly look to the right face, and a sexy left eye wink face. Swapping Fuji Fujiko's faces worried me with all the hassle it was to do this for human figure arts figures like Gohan and Blue Rose in the past, but her swaps were incredibly easy by comparison. She has three pairs of interchangeable hands, open palms, closed palms, and trigger finger hands for her compact pistol. My best guess is that this is either a Walther police pistol or maybe the Astra A60. Daisuke Jigen is a Tamashi Web Shop exclusive released in September 2016, and Inspector Koichi Zenigata is also a Tamashi Web Shop exclusive released in October of 2016. Originally listed on the Tamashi Japan website at the standard retail price of 5,940 yen apiece, I obtained the web exclusives via the online Japanese retailer Mandarake. Jigen was 6,000 yen, and Zenigata was 5,500 yen. Jigen comes with three heads, the standard head, one with a cigarette hanging from his mouth, and another laugh-out-loud head. He has four pairs of hands, punchy hands, open hands, gropey hands, and trigger hands for his Smith & Wesson Model 19 Combat Magnum. Meanwhile, Zenigata has three heads, a somewhat standard head with a dumbfounded expression, a laugh-out-loud expression, and a toothy, left, lopsided grin. He comes with three pairs of hands, punchy hands, open palm hands, and gripping hands for his various accessories, such as handcuffs and a jit, the traditional non-bladed Japanese police weapon that symbolizes his police badge as well as represents that he is on official police business. There is also an extra trigger hand for his Colt 45 pistol and an extra hand with police handcuffs already gripped in place. At first glance, I was a little concerned with the possible durability of action figures that so faithfully replicated the lanky and spindly 
appearance of the character's legs and arms in the anime. However, it came as quite a surprise to see how well made the limbs of the figures are. All of these are terrific figures that are great fun to pose and extremely representative of the source material they hail from. Even though he wasn't in the film Jigen's Gravestone at all at this point, if SH Figure Arts does not make a Goemon Ishikawa 13th, I think I'm gonna cry. If you'd like to know more about Lupin the Third, check out Big in Japan podcast over on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. Yeah, I don't think I ever really thought about it. Uh, actually, I, did, I it was doing research for this episode that like I, I found out that like you know the series are pretty much. Uh, you know, their, their biggest differences, besides, like, you know, very obvious things, are the color of the jackets. Uh, you know, there's green, red, and blue, as Derek told me. And, you know, when I looked this up to watch online, by paying a whole lot of money, I didn't watch it for free at all. You know, I had to... <laughs> uh, I'll just, like, I'll just make a little note. Like, you can you can actually watch this free and legal on Crunchyroll. There you go. And I keep saying Crunchyroll, like, they should totally, like, give me money for saying their name. If you're listening, Crunchyroll, like, come on. I agree, Justin. Crunchyroll is a great service, and they really should pay us. Uh, <laughs> Quality products at a great price. <laughs> I was, was going to say, where can I go to sample such this, the, the, the say, quality help, product? <laughs> I was going to say, by the time this comes out, I'll probably have spent money on the discotheque release because you know me i'm all about the english dub so that's that's going to be cool as well so i mean even if you want to check it out and sample it on crunchyroll i'm, I'm looking forward to the uh the discotheque official release too because it's going to have some dubs i think that's kind of you know like I, justin's mentioned a couple films and different things like that and i think that's that's partly why my support of some of the official releases kind of waned like i haven't seen as many movies and specials and OVAs as I used to. And I may go back and just get them even if they're just, you know, subtitled only. But, like, I have tons of Lupin DVDs, like the Genion, you know, slash Pioneer ones that are all dubbed. I have tons of all the, the Funimation dubbed films and stuff like that. But, you know, there there were a number of DVD releases that came out where it was just subtitles only. And so, like, now that they're actually getting back in gear with, like, dubbing stuff. Like, I think I heard that Jigen's Gravestone had a dub, so, like, I'm, I'm kind of like, hey, I kind of want to check out and support anything that has a, a dub as well. So that's that's something that's kind of cool for me. I know that film, Jigen's Gravestone, it was on Hulu because that's where I watched it. I don't know if it's still there. It, it, it may, it may not be. Well, speaking of Hulu, Justin, and it's great services it provides... <laughs> Uh, it does actually. Uh, you can if if you can't find Jigen's gravestone, which I, I was not aware of. They they do have the full run of uh, the Green Jacket series on there, the the dub from Toonami. So if you have Hulu, you can watch it there. So that's always cool. That's Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> and and Crunchyroll has the subs for <laughs> the previous three series as well as the Blue Jacket series. See. T Tony has a jacket that says like Hulu on the arm, and Justin has a jacket that says Crunchyroll. So. Man, we got a we got a couple of we got <laughs> let's a couple just call this storms up in the house with their their racing uniform with all the, the <laughs> logos and shit and stuff. You know, you know what I was gonna say specifically about like certain events in the episode that I I found amusing was like 
I I found Goemon's reaction to the entire wedding because he doesn't he he's not really in on the joke like at the time, so he thinks he's kind of going to like a real wedding. And like I love I love the moment where he's kind of like, "All right, goodbye. We'll probably never see each other again." And he just walks away, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's like you know what's funny is that that's only funny when like and and this is not to disparage anybody who's listening whose wedding I've gone to, but it's like one of those things where you're just like you know you go to these weddings and stuff, and there are people who you've been friends with for years and years and years, and like a lot of the times like a lot of those are like these big celebrations where it's almost like the last time you really, really get to hang out with those people because they go off to start a new life, you know, with their wife and family and what have you. And it's not to disparage it, but like that just, I don't know why, but that line reading, you know, that, that he gave just kind of tickled me because it's like, it's funny because it's true. You know, it's just like, you know, so. <laughs> I, I just, I just like Jigen. You know, finally telling Goemon, and he's like, "Hey, man, like, you can't lie at all. That's why we didn't tell you. Like, we specifically didn't let you in on the plan because of that." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "I'll buy you a cappuccino later. They're really good." <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've always had a soft spot for Goemon. He's just, he's he's Goemon. He's a, he's a fucking samurai in like the 1980s, now 2016. So, what can you say? You know, it's like, and later on, even even he, he like kind of gets his little say in everything because uh uh Zinigata is chasing uh Lupin and uh Jigen and uh he's catching up to him but here comes uh Goemon to save their asses like usual and he uh cuts a tree in half which uh, falls on Zinigata trapping him you know and like Lupin's like you know you know thanks Goemon you know and, like, like Goemon's like I did do it for you this was your wedding present <laughs> Derek, did you want to discuss the second episode? Like, I, I know I said I watched it. Like, I, I watched it, I think, last year. And, I, like, my memory of that episode is, like, it's, a, like, a soccer episode. So, like, my memories are kind of, like, fuzzy about that one. Yeah, my, my memories are kind of fuzzy, too. Like, I, I, I watched, I know I've watched up to episode eight. Like, I, but I'm I'm kind of, like, sort of. You know, like, because we're talking about how it's episodic and stuff, so I'm I'm kind of light on on exactly what what went down in that episode. But I mean, I did really like the episodes I watched and everything. It's just you know one of those things where I haven't I haven't watched all 24 episodes because I I think I guess maybe this goes back into the same discussion that we we have quite frequently now where you know some shows are meant to be binge watched and other shows are kind of meant to be you know watched on a weekly basis or one at a time or that kind of thing and i i would say that lupon the third is probably something that's better to to watch you know week by week instead of trying to binge it like all at once or whatever yeah, I, I think it's a show that you should recharge for because, like, you know, it is one of those shows where when you watch it, it's not that you don't want to see more, but that, that episode that you saw, that story you saw, you're okay waiting in case something comes back. And, of course, if it is episodic, you saw a full episode. You know, you saw, like, a, a complete story, and you're just like, I can wait for the next episode. You know, I can, you know, I'm, I'm good. You know, that kind of stuff. There's not always, like, a huge cliffhanger where you're like, oh, what's, it, what's Lupin, his crazy crew, going to do next? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess that's why I've I've never been like too interested in it because I guess it's like the 
it's like the ultimate Spider-Man syndrome where it's like every episode is someone's first and someone's last, basically. So. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, I, I would say at least in the context of this series, Rebecca Rossellini, you know, not it's not major spoilers. Like, she does make repeat appearances, and it's not like she's just a one-off character that does this thing with Lupin, you know, has a has a marriage with him and then is is quickly forgotten about by the next episode. You know, it's like they're there she makes you know, a number of return appearances. And then it seems like another character they set up is the guy that's at the end of this tail end episode. His name is Nix, but like I kind of described him as kind of like the the Daniel Craig James Bond. And I feel like he he's almost like like they're trying to one up Zenigata or something, like give Lupin like another kind of rival or equal or you know however you want to sort of quantify the character. But I mean, I I think he's somebody that even though I haven't watched all eight of these recently, the ones that I have seen, like he's a character that stood out to me, you know, that made an impression. So I I think I think there are characters like that where you know the episodes. Some of them ring stronger than than others within the sort of episodic format. Why why are we talking about the main breakout character of this like episode though? The the, the majesty and the 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 glory that is Rob. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, do you? <laughs> what that one guy that gets like uh, replaced or? No, uh, uh, Rebecca's yeah. like manservant butler. He's got... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was cool, yeah. No, yeah, you're thinking about Captain Patrick, who was like kind of like the, the the William Riker without a beard in this episode. <laughs> I'm super capable. I'm really awesome. Also, I got hit on the back of the head, so I failed my job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was like, he was totally together in how utterly he failed, basically. <laughs> You had one job, not get hit in the back of the head. You you kind of feel sorry for Rob sometimes because you can tell she's a she's one of these hoity-toity heiresses that wants what she wants when she wants it, and then he's just kind of like, "Very well, ma'am," you know, like yeah, it's like it might be it, it, it's basically like you know she's sitting there going, "I know my DC comics." It's like, of course you do, ma'am. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Here's your vigilante number one. Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, I, I, he he had like just one good scene that I just thought was great was when uh basically basically Rebecca's like you know hey Lupin uh let's you know let's get it on getting you know getting naked and like Lupin literally jumps out of his clothes literally jumps out of his clothes and uh he's he's about to get get it, get his uh freak on and then Rob just steps out from behind like a column and he's like no. <laughs> I was like, what? And they're like, we're, we're we're married. We can have sex. And he's like, you have a ceremony tomorrow. You can't be up all night. And it's just like, uh, you were bringing that up, Mike. Uh, Justin, do you know, um, Mike posited the question, does Lupin ever get any? Does he ever get laid? Uh, yeah. I There's one episode where he and Fujiko actually do get it on, but I can't, I can't remember the name of that movie, or it might have been an OVA, but yeah, like, it's very, very heavily implied that they finally do. Like, you know, really for reals, no, no, like masks or Trixies or anything. Okay, because I, I knew in the series, like the basic series, 
they 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 totally had the Sam and Diane thing where you know it was like you know I hate you I hate you too we'll kiss one day I know shut up yeah that kind of thing. But I was cool curious. Too. I was curious. Yes. Well, yeah, because I mean, you know, uh, Mike was not challenging the mighty Lupin's manhood. Uh, it it offended Derek for five seconds, but uh, <laughs> I was like, you you do not question Lupin the Third's manhood. But yeah, it, it was a good question though, because Lupin is, is again portrayed as kind of a ladies' man. He he likes he likes the ladies. So, but but it's also a running joke that he uh, does get turned down a lot by Fujiko, and he's like. That dude, that dude is desperate to get them, them panties. Damn, he's like, <laughs> of course it is Fujiko though. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I suppose you could argue. I, I suppose you could argue it's not so much that he is a ladies' man, but even in the the I think in the dub introduction that I sent you guys the link to, you know, he talks about how he has a weakness for the ladies. You know, so it's like there's a difference between being yeah, a ladies' man and having a weakness for pretty ladies. You know, like it, it doesn't they they don't they're not mutually you know it's not it's not mutually exclusive or anything like that. So <laughs> what what he wants he doesn't always get. <laughs> but uh but yeah um one thing I did wanna uh did wanna bring up uh some of the little bit of research I did for this week I actually did a little bit. Um, a lot of people were saying, you know, uh, like 2014 was like the year of Lupin because there's like specials and the, the live action movie and, and all this stuff. And then like, they were like, that, that was a big year that 2015, that a brand new series would, like I said, had been done in like 30 years. Like, what do you think it is about like Lupin that, uh, you know, obviously we, we've told you guys why the listeners, but why do you think like, you know, the, the fan base in general, like, why why now? Why was it like, you know what, let's do some more Lupin. Like, why why do you think it came back so strong? Am, am I am I too much of a nerd if I think it didn't really go away? Like, because I, I, I know, like, there wasn't a series or there wasn't a live action movie. But I, I do, like, that, that kind of line of questioning kind of smacks to me of, like, dude, man. The Avengers were like totally like losers until that movie that one year, like, and then they were the bomb, you know. And, and it's kind of like one of those things where you're like, dude, there were there were tons of like Avenger cartoons and comics before, you know, that film came out. It's just that exploded their popularity, like. So I, I kind of feel like the same thing about this, where it's like, you know, maybe there's a resurgence, but it's not like they were they were totally. It, it, this was never a dead property, especially in Japan. Do you know what I mean? Like they're they're still always selling, you know, you know trinkets and PVCs yeah. and you know dolls and 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 figure arts and and all this other kind of stuff there. And you know that's that's something I I think that's a proven cash cow franchise for Japan, if not. America. So, I mean, maybe in the sense of there hasn't been a dub in America in a long time. And, you know, obviously that speaks to anime not being quite as prevalent as it has been, you know, in the past. You know, it's not like we've had a Lupin show on TV. But who knows, man? Maybe with this dub, like, who, you know, they've got Iron Blooded Orphans on TV now. Like, who knows? Maybe next year sometime they'll actually stick that on Adult Swim again or something. You never know. Actually, I was going to bring that up. It's kind of like Gundam. 
like over here, it was really big in the early 2000s. And, and like you said, it never went away in Japan. But we really didn't have anything over here. You know, it was like after, uh, God, I can't remember the last series that it, it might have been Mobile Fighter G Gundam that was the last one on Toonami. But uh, yeah, for like, God, 10 years or so uh, or more, there was like no Gundam on stateside. And like you said, Iron Blooded Orphans came out last year. It was a big hit in Japan, like one of the, like a bigger hit than Gundam already was. And it was big enough that they brought it over to America. And, you know, first Gundam uh, dub in, in years. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really saying that Lupin had gone away forever, but it did have a big resurgence. It was like, like, like I said, they said like 2014 was like the year of Lupin, you know, it was like, because that, that was a pretty big deal. He had a live action movie and, you know, they did have specials and stuff. And it wasn't that I, I was thinking that people like, you know, forgot about him. But I just was wondering why they did that big push, you know, kind of like with the Avengers, you know, it's like Avengers never went anywhere. But, you know, like with Iron Man, you know, coming out and being a big movie, then there was a big push. It was like, we're going to do Avengers and it's going to be huge. And it was. So, you know, I, I was just, you know, th that kind of stuff always uh, intrigues me, you know. I think one of the things that helped was there was a Lupin Third versus Detective Conan. There was a TV special and then there was a feature film. And I know both were very popular, and I know the feature film did really good business. So I think, uh, I think that probably helped. Like I think the film was in 2013, and then I think Jigen's Gravestone was probably a year, maybe a year and a half after that. So I, I would guess that the success of that, you know, that versus film kind of like, like lit a fire under someone's ass, and they were like, hey, like loop on the third, like let's. Let's bring that back and make a series out of it again and also sell some toys. Yeah, it's like we're making money off of it, but we can make more. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, no, like, yeah, I'm not opposed to it. Like I said, you know, uh, if, if you give me something good that I like to watch, I don't care how old it is or if, if it hasn't been in my, my consciousness for a while. If you give me something good, I'll watch it. And this was definitely good. It was definitely, like, not slapped together at all. You know, it's like this was not, you know – shit made just to make money it was like yeah it was going to make money but they were also like if we make it really good it'll make more money so they made it really good <laughs> so final thoughts gentlemen i i would just say from my point of view i've already gushed about it if you like lupon even a little bit totally check out the first episode at least and if you love lupon and like are a huge fan you've already watched this so you you already enjoyed it so but if they if you're that one person who hasn't and you're on the fence you're like eh, i don't really know if i want to watch it Totally check it out. At least the first episode. It's, it's worth your time. It's a very, very high quality production. And like, even I'm not really even a fan and I enjoyed watching it. So yeah, it's, it's good quality animation. If you're a fan of Lupin, like Tony said, like you'll totally be into it. And then of course we've got that newfangled English dub on the horizon, which I'm totally looking forward to. So I, I think there's all plenty of good reasons to check out the series, whether you're a, a longtime fan or you're just maybe a, a casual fan looking to jump in on the ground floor. Agreed. I, I would say if you haven't watched Lupin since it was on Cartoon Network, I would say, you know, either give it a try on Crunchyroll or Hulu if you prefer Tony's option, or if you'd like to just wait for the dub, you know, go ahead and do that. But yeah, it's, it's a really great anime, so it's definitely worth checking out. But I guess that'll wrap it up for this episode. And Derek, I've been wondering, if you were to look for us on the internet, where would you find us? 
If you have any comments, questions, and or concerns, if you're wondering if any of the fan holes are getting married to Paris Hilton, you can reach us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We, of course, have tons and tons of our backlogged episodes at fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. We can be streamed on Stitcher Radio. We are on iTunes, of course. We appreciate any reviews and our feedback that we get there. We're on all kinds of social media, Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. So any comments, likes, notes, etc., retweets are all welcome and I think that that does it for the the social medias and and where people can find us on the interwebs. All right, that'll be it for this episode of Big in Japan. And I am and remain Justin. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek Derek WC signing off. Hey, it's Mike, and I dislocated my arm because I don't have spider strength. Tony. And this is Tony. Look out for our new show with me and Justin called Fan Whores, where we chill Crunchyroll on Hulu for three hours straight. karaoke sluts and third-party toys <laughs> you know this fake busker helmet for galvatron didn't pay for itself you know <laughs> god damn it i need i need to buy toys of things i know god absolutely nothing about <laughs> that we need things things to make us go <laughs> <laughs> oh lord uh. <laughs> Shapeways owns half my house now. <laughs> on one arm you have Hulu, and on the other arm it says Shapeways. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not even. It's not even like just a brand on your racer suit. It's like tattooed and shit. It's all hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like on my 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 like you know inner like thigh says Hasbro. Oh. <laughs> It's like it's like you got to do two fists for crunchy roll. It's like the right hand's like crunchy, the left hand's like roll. <laughs> have Hulu tattooed on my neck. This <laughs> commitment. It's a commitment, man. Hey, baby, you want to see my crunchy roll? <laughs> uh. <laughs> It's usually up an hour after it comes up in Japan. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not, I'm not doing loot crate, though. That thing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>